As COVID-19 infection rates continue to surge in the United States and across the planet, social distancing remains one of humanity's core precautions, albeit a more difficult one to keep up through the holiday season. However, a robot revolution could ward off social distancing's biggest negative effects, helping more people keep safe and happy at home. Meanwhile, roboticists are revolutionizing how drugs are delivered in the human body. Figuring out how to transform inanimate objects into robotic drones, tiny robots are transforming the future of medicine before our eyes. Whether it's a sticky spray that can create biomedical robots on demand, or the telepresence technology that's taking on infectious disease outbreaks, robotic science is reshaping how we take charge of our mental and physical health. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how robots could promote social distancing. Evidence suggests that the use of telepresence robots could combat four major negative side effects of the practice, as well as help people feel connected and calm at home. Our second story is about the newly developed magnetic spray that can transform inanimate objects into fully articulating robotic drones, controlled by a simple magnet. While still far from clinical practice, roboticists think this tech could gradually change how drugs are delivered in the human body. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, how social robots could save social distancing. Building robots from a spray. Just millimeters in size. An easy way to make mini-robots by coating objects with a glue-like magnetic spray was developed. Making the paste magnetic. The coated objects can crawl, sweat, roll, bend and move, and wriggle on different surfaces. And all of these complex movements driven by the magnetic field. Researchers tested robots in simulated biomedical procedures, including catheter navigation and drug delivery. These are magnetic micro-robots. Over the last decade, a slew of innovations in biomimicry have brought roboticists' dream of sending tiny insect-sized robots into human bodies close to reality. Now, a team from China has developed a spray that can transform inanimate objects, like a strip of paper, into a fully articulating robotic drone, all controlled by a simple magnet. While scientists have created armies of tiny bots before, the authors of a study published November 2020 in the journal Science Robotics argue that these robots still suffer from limited deformability. They can stretch, compress, or roll, but they can't change their overall shape. In the body, that limitation can mean problems like, for example, navigating a stomach ulcer, blocking a clear path through the body. Because of this, researchers designed this magnetic spray to essentially transform scraps of paper into shape-shifting bots on demand. Here to explain more about how this Frankenstein monster-esque creation can potentially change how drugs are delivered in the human body, among other things, is Inverse's Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tanya. Happy to be here. So first, can you talk about the kinds of medical limitations that led to the need for this tech in the first place? Yeah, so... Researchers have been interested in designing super tiny medical robots for a long time because these robots, 
unlike, you know, maybe larger technology or even physicians themselves would be able to kind of crawl inside people either for more targeted drug delivery or kind of just more targeted checkups in general, you know, maybe looking at a tumor closer, for example. But one problem for these tiny robot designs is that previous robots have been extremely specialized. So they either, you know, they maybe have one kind of movement or they're good for one kind of application, which is difficult to scale. So what the researchers were trying to do in this study was to design a type of robot or, you know, a type of spray to make robots um, that would make them a lot more multi-purpose and universal, which in turn makes them more scalable and then more practical for actual use. So how does it all actually work? Can you describe how the magnetic field ultimately works to make all this magic happen? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of one of the the coolest things about this study is, you know, magnets are all around us, right? So it's actually kind of a low-tech way to, to make a robot. So what they did is they designed a kind of spray called M-spray, which I think sounds like something a supervillain might have. But basically, this is a spray composed of kind of tiny iron particles, gluten, and then a kind of alcohol that is used in 3D printing. And so basically they take, you know, in in this example, there are strips of paper and they would spray this M spray on the paper. It would be kind of sticky to adhere and then cure solid or kind of rigid. And then using just kind of a simple magnet, you know, just a bar magnet, they would then be able to manipulate the iron particles within this film um, and kind of drag these robots around. So by, for example, spraying different sections of a piece of paper, you could make kind of different little feet for your robot and then use your magnet to kind of make them move or crawl or, you know, do whatever you want. Have researchers taken this to task through any kinds of biomedical experiments? Have we seen what this technology has the potential to accomplish? Yeah. So they had two different kind of biomedical examples that they uh, detailed in their study. So one, using kind of a thin worm-like robot. So this is really just a strip of paper with magnetic spray on either end. They demonstrated how they could manipulate this robot to kind of shimmy down the thin interior of a catheter, um, which, you know, is used in a wide variety of medical uses. And they showed that they were able to kind of, you know, make it, you know, lay very flat and maneuver its way down this thin tunnel with ease. And then another example that they did, this is kind of looking at its purpose as drug delivery system. So they had a a kind of a pellet that they controlled using this magnet, and they are able to demonstrate this actually in a live rabbit. So they are able to maneuver this pellet kind of through the body of the rabbit into the stomach to deliver a mock drug. And that worked really well. So what's the next step now that the technology is settled? This seems like it opens the door to all kinds of possibilities. Where where do researchers see this going? Yeah, so for this research in particular, the next steps are going to be looking at, you know, more specific biomedical applications, like you mentioned. So, you know, we've had a couple demonstrations here, but before we can really begin using this in any people, you're going to need a lot, a lot more. And then they also want to look at kind of different materials. And I think that could either be different materials for the robots, because these were, um, I think, largely based on paper. They also, you know, could be tweaking the M-spray. 
Fascinating stuff. Listeners, this is a obviously a very visual piece, so listeners can head to inverse.com for the video to really get the full grasp of it all. Sarah, thank you so much. Of course. In robotics, tiny robots are all the rage. However, they could also be the future of medicine. Up next, how a new sticky spray can create biomedical robots on demand. Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. If Stanley Kubrick's 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey foreshadowed anything, it's humankind's complicated relationship with the technology it creates. Who will end up controlling who is a question we still ask. And while humans debate whether robots are becoming too powerful, too smart, too fast, or all too ready to overpower us, we still rely on our creations to rise above any challenge and save us when we're vulnerable. So where have our life-saving robots been during COVID-19? Some argue all the answers can be found in science fiction. In an essay published May 2020 in the journal Science, Texas A&M professor of computer science, Dr. Robin Murphy, explored why robots have not appeared more commonly as coming to the sixth rescue during our current global pandemic. First off, it's robotics. While it makes things easy, getting there is the hard part. Here in her TED Talk, These Robots Come to the Rescue After a Disaster, Murphy talks about one key reason we have the complicated relationship with robots that we do, data. What the robots give you, what they give the experts, is data. The problem becomes who gets what data when. One thing to do is to ship all the information to everybody and let them sort it out. Well, the problem with that is it overwhelms the networks and worse yet, it overwhelms the cognitive abilities of each of the people trying to get that one nugget of information they need to make the decision that's going to make the difference. So we need to think about those kinds of challenges. So it's the data. But the reason robots aren't saving the COVID-19 day is not necessarily because of technological shortcomings. Fact is, when it comes to writing compelling science fiction, Murphy tells Inverse that robots coming to our rescue in a pandemic simply wouldn't be a compelling story. Understandably, championing frontline medical workers seem more fulfilling than acknowledging AI for something yet again. While they're not saving the day by any blockbuster sci-fi summer movie protocol, robots have come through for us in a major way during our world health crisis. Here to talk about both sides of that coin and why all the cool prophecies are usually found in science fiction is Inverse's Sarah Wells. Hey, Sarah. Hi, thank you. Yeah, happy to be here as always. So at the core of this all is the question, you know, why haven't robots been these saviors of the sick? What have folks come up with? Yeah. um, So in terms of science fiction, um, I spoke with Dr. Robin Murphy about this and she was telling me that, I guess, you know, kind of from even just a literary standpoint, having the robot save the day is not not really the story we're looking for, which is maybe counterintuitive because, you know, it would be nice and easy if the robot came to save us. But at the end of the day, that's maybe not where we're going to get the most human growth. um, And that's not going to make us the heroes of our own story. 
Right. And that's not to say that robotics isn't coming through. What can we say of the success of robots as medical aids? Yeah, especially in this pandemic, there's kind of been three different areas that researchers have highlighted as um, ways that robots can help us. And that's been clinical care, which is more like telemedicine, um, even like remote blood drawing, things like that. Um, logistics in terms of delivery of supplies and also decontamination, which has been you know especially important for coronavirus. Um, and then also even reconnaissance. And that might be like a drone looking for people violating social distancing rules, for example. Yeah, so kind of disinfecting robots, robots measuring people's temperatures, things like that have been beneficial during this pandemic. So whether in science fiction or reality, you know, the question always becomes, do we wish robots were doing more? Are they doing too much? Where do you think, um, you know, we're in 2020, where do you think we fall on that pandemic aside or accounted for? Yeah, I think it's kind of like I was saying before, it would be, you know, very nice if our robots, our super intelligent robots could come up with a vaccine for us. Um, or if we could have, you know, robot doctors to kind of carry the brunt of, of all this work, especially robot doctors who wouldn't also be at risk of infection the same way human doctors are. But I think while that might be beneficial in the long run, I don't know if that's necessarily going to help us, you know, fix our infrastructures, our medical systems to help make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future. It doesn't happen the same way. So I think while it would be nice, I'm not sure if that is really the sustainable solution for us right now. You know, if we can't stack all our cards on, you know, these science fiction inspired vaccines or robot doctors for all the good that they have done, what can we do? What What's the best way to use everything we've got? Mm -hmm. I think in terms of looking at these science fiction stories, even though science fiction is often, you know, either an, an alternative reality or future reality in, in reality, um, these stories are often kind of a mirror of things that we're going through right now and, you know, inequities in our own systems. So I think kind of looking at these stories and understanding the inequities that they point out and then looking at our own systems and identifying those and then, you know, taking action and political action to fix those, I think would be really important first steps. Yeah, this was a really great read. I encourage listeners to head to inverse.com for more. In the meantime, Sarah, thanks so much. Of course. Thank you. Head to inverse.com to read more about the latest robotic technology. You can find links in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at inverse.com. Got something to say? Email us at theabstract at inverse.com with any questions, suggestions, story ideas, and anything else on your mind. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. <laughs>